0: That's information at C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W dot com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback.
1: The Glasgow Times, on Thursday the 19th of January 2023. Celtic Connections returns to Glasgow in its 30th year. An article by Tom Torrance and read by me, Corrie. Thousands of musicians from across the world will perform in Glasgow as the popular music festival, Celtic Connections, returns for its 30th year. The opening concert on Thursday at the city's Royal Concert Hall involves artists who have featured over the past three decades, including Scandinavian folk roots band Basco, West Isles band Pete and Diesel, Irish musician Liam O'Meonly, fiddle legend Duncan Crissholm, Scottish Dance Theatre and the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland. They will be joined by a big band which was originally brought together for the 2021 digital opening night and who will now perform in person. Also among the artists performing will be Amelia Powell from Louisiana in the United States. Amelia will take to the stage with her father Dirk Powell and Cedric Watson at this weekend's Cajun Creole Night. Since its start in 1994, with 66 events at one venue, Celtic Connections now has four times as many at 25 sites throughout the city. Among those performing this year are Scottish Album of the Year award winner Fergus MacReady, who joins harpist and composer Maeve Gilchrist and Mr McFall's string quartet, for a concert at the Macintosh Church, while the sole remaining member of the Zimbabwean rock band, the Bundu Boys, Rise Kagona will take to the stage at St Luke's. James Grant and the Hallelujah Strings will perform at Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum with a second day added due to audience demand including events, include the final of the BBC Young Traditional Musician of the Year competition. Donald Shaw, Celtic Connections creative producer, said, Sharing our music and our arts is a vital part of our human existence. It allows us to feel rooted in place and connected to one another, enriching our lives in the process. Over the last 30 years, this is what Celtic Connections have always been about. As we take a moment to recognise and appreciate what we've managed to achieve over the last three decades, we go into this year's festival with feelings of immense determination, pride and gratitude. As ever, we're incredibly excited to be welcoming people from across Scotland and the world to Glasgow to enjoy the very best in Celtic, folk, roots and world music. Culture Secretary Angus Robertson said, Celtic Connections shines a bright cultural light in the winter darkness, and I'm delighted the Scottish Government is able to support this year's 30th anniversary event. This year's stunning lineup of musicians reflects the huge amount of talent we have in Scotland, and also the festivals standing internationally, as world-famous artists travel to Glasgow to take part in the celebrations. Celtic Connections runs until February 5th. That article was from the Glasgow Times, it was written by Tom Torrance, and it was read by me, Corrie. The Glasgow Times, on Thursday the 19th of January, 2023. Glasgow's world-famous borough welcomes 500,000th visitor. An article by Anne Fotheringham, and read by me, Corrie. A woman who says a visit to Glasgow's Borough collection has been on her bucket list for 30 years has become the world-famous attraction's 500,000th visitor since reopening last March. Gil Armstrong, who is visiting the city from Scarborough, said, This was top of the must-see list. I love it. You turn that way and there a Degas. Then the other and there is a rodent. It's amazing. The happy milestone comes as Glasgow Life, the charity which runs the borough in Pollock Park, conferred the museum's economic benefit to the city, amounts to £19.9 million. The A-listed home of the collection reopened less than a year ago, and the modern, greener museum has been a magnet for tourists and locals alike. A recent visitor survey noted 88% of the people said visiting a Glasgow museum was either very or quite an important factor in their decision to visit the city. Bailey Annette Christie, chairperson of Glasgow Life, said to have welcomed 500,000 people to the borough since reopening in March is a wonderful endorsement for the ambitious refurbishment of this cherished world-class museum. Glasgow's ongoing commitment to culture continues to reap substantial well-being and economic rewards for the city. The appeal for the borough collection is reflected in these strong visitor figures. This spectacular home for a unique prize collection will enable Glasgow to continue promoting inclusion and support for local communities, businesses and the tourist economy. Susan Deacon, Chief Executive of Glasgow Life, said... These strong in term results make welcome reading. As the borough approaches its first anniversary, we will continue to programme events and expeditions that will attract local people and tourists in the years ahead. Sir William and Lady Burrell devoted more than 75 years of their lives to amassing one of the world's greatest personal art collections, renowned for its quality of Chinese art, exquisite stained glass and intricate tapestries, as well as its breadth of fine art. Following the refurbishment, the museum's gallery space increased by 35%, enabling visitors to see and appreciate much more of the collection. In total, two hundred and twenty five displays are spread across twenty four galleries. The borough collection was officially opened in October by his Majesty King Charles, on his first engagement in Glasgow as monarch, nearly forty years after it was originally opened by the Queen. That article is from the Glasgow Times. It was written by M Fotheringham, and it was read by me CORE. The Glasgow Times on Thursday the 19th of January 2023, South Lanarkshire Primary School to Open Late Amid Heating Issues Written by Marissa McWhirter and read by me, Corey A primary and nursery school in South Lanarkshire will open late on Thursday amid heating issues. South Lanarkshire Council issued a warning about the delayed start to families at 8.25am on their Facebook page. Newton Farm Primary and Nursery is set to start at 10am on Thursday morning as the school deals with heating issues. A spokesperson from a primary school on Harvester Avenue in Newton warned the school was dealing with both heating and water problems. They also advised the bus would be picking up pupils as normal. The school will be updating families when they know more. A post on Newton Farms' website reads, We will have a 10am delayed start due to the heating and water problems. The bus will pick up as normal and we will update when we know more. South Lanarkshire Council has been contacted for comment. That article is from the Glasgow Times and it was written by Marissa McWherter. The Glasgow Times, on Thursday the 19th of January 2023. Tesco recall and do not eat warning over undeclared allergen. An article by Lois McKenzie and read by me, Corey. Tesco is recalling one of its products due to the undeclared presence of an allergen not listed on the label. The item being recalled is the Tesco Free From Golden Syrup Porridge Pot. The item may contain milk which could pose a health risk to those suffering from milk allergies or intolerances. The batch affected is the 55 gram pot with batch code 2252 and the best before date of September 1st, 2023. Customers are being advised not to eat the product and to return the items to stores for a full refund. No receipt is required. Tesco said, We have been made aware that one batch code of Tesco's free-from golden syrup porridge 55g pot may contain milk which is not mentioned on the label. Therefore, this product could pose a safety risk to those people with an allergy or intolerance to milk or milk constituents. Please do not consume this product and instead return any affected product to the store where a full refund will be given. No receipt is required. Tesco apologises to our customers for any inconvenience this caused. What is a product recall? If there is a problem with food product, that means it should not be sold, then it must be withdrawn, brackets, taken off the shelves, or recalled, uh, when customers are asked to return the product. The FSA issues Product Withdrawal Information Notices and Product Recall Information Notices to let customers and local authorities know about the problems associated with food. In some cases, a food alert for action is issued. This provides local authorities with details of specific actions to be taken on behalf of consumers. That article was from the Glasgow Times. It was written by Lois McKenzie and it was read by me, Cory. Evening Times
2: January 19 Lifestyle Council seeks to revitalise Glasgow shopping streets Report by Drew Sandilands People in Glasgow are to have their say on the future of the city's Golden Z shopping streets at a drop-in session as the Council develops plans to revitalise the area, consultants have been appointed to reimagine the city's retail core of Buchanan Street, Suckey Hall Street, and Argyll Street. They will host an Ideas Day in the Lighthouse on Mitchell Lane next Tuesday, January 24, between 11am and 6:30pm residents will be able to view information on current plans for a new vision for the area and share their views on how the streets can be improved. The project has been launched to respond to post-pandemic challenges facing Glasgow and will explore issues such as the impact of changing retail and leisure trends. It will also look at growing city centre living and re vacant sites and buildings, as well as future redevelopment proposals for Buchanan Galleries and St. Enoch Centre. Priorities for intervention and investment, both by the public and private sectors will be identified. A Glasgow based consultant team, Stantec 360 Architecture and Kevin Murray Associates has been appointed. It held stakeholder sessions in late November and further consultation is planned next month. Preparation of the new vision is expected to run until the end of March. Work has been funded by the Scottish Government's City Centre Recovery Fund and is overseen by Glasgow City Centre Task Force Co-chaired by Councillor Angus Miller and Stuart Patrick, Chief Executive of Glasgow Chamber of Commerce. After the consultants were appointed, Councillor Miller, Convener for City Centre Recovery, said the streets had been the retail heart of Glasgow, but changes in the sector mean that action has to be taken to ensure that the area continues to thrive in the future. Mr. Patrick said Glasgow's city centre is the vibrant heart for Glasgow's retail, hospitality and tourism sectors acting as a regional jobs engine. Like all retail centres, changes in economic conditions and consumer spending habits tied with the lasting effects of the COVID-19 pandemic have catalyzed a fundamental need for change in order to continue to thrive. Glasgow City Council's master planning initiative is a welcome investment, helping to rebuild the area's reputation of being Scotland's premier place to work, live and visit. Report by Drew Sandilands Evening Times, January 19. Opinion column. Is G.R.R. Rao convenient culture war diversion from government's woes? Opinion by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent. Section 35 is the new Section 30. Most people, many journalists included, will not have heard of Section 35 of the Scotland Act until this week. I am willing to suggest that not all 129 MSPs had heard of it until recently either. But now everyone has an opinion on Section 35 of the aforementioned Act. It is like when a Section 30 order was needed for the 2014 referendum to go ahead and when it was refused last year, leading to the Supreme Court hearing. It looks like the row over the UK government issuing a Section 35 order over the Gender Recognition Reform Bill will go the same way. The reason most people have not heard of a Section 35 is it has never in more than 20 years of devolution been used. So why now? Of all the bills passed by Holyrood that have become law in Scotland, with no quibbles from Westminster about them getting royal assent, why is this the one for the UK government to issue an attempt to block? Scottish Secretary Alastair Jack, Scotland's man in Westminster, or Westminster's man in Scotland, depending on your opinion of the UK government's approach to devolution, said it is not about a veto. He said, we should be clear that this is absolutely not about the United Kingdom government being able to veto Scottish Parliament legislation whenever it chooses, as some have implied. However, it has been stated that it looks like there is no clear legal basis for Section 35 and rather it is that the UK government simply does not like the law. It is also clear there are many people who will back the UK government in attempting to block it. It is, however, whether people agree with the content or not, a bill passed after the full democratic parliamentary process was followed. It looks to many to be the UK government Asserting its authority over a devolved parliament at a time when tensions between the two are already heightened. In the war of words, Nicola Sturgeon hit back, stating the principle of democracy is at stake. She said, The Scottish Government will vigorously defend this legislation and the ability of MSPs democratically elected to legislate in areas of our competence. What was previously a debate about trans rights, women's rights and equal rights has taken on a new dimension and become another constitutional row about devolution, democracy and the right of a devolved parliament to take decisions. Could there be another reason for this intervention? One that while instigated by the UK administration could suit both governments. The UK government is under pressure over the cost of living crisis, strikes and the NHS. The Scottish government is also under the microscope over its governance of the NHS and teacher strikes. From a Westminster perspective, Rishi Sunak's government has already tried diversionary tactics over the strikes in the railways and public sectors. Trying to split the country into hard working people and greedy strikers, it is attempting to bring in a law that will make it more difficult to take strike action. It has been argued this is a tactic to demonise workers exercising their right to strike and deflect from their concerns over how the sector is being run from the top down and how they are being paid. Has it been calculated that a row between the UK government and Scottish government which will be portrayed as between the Conservatives and the SNP when it is actually the Scottish Parliament, Labour, Lib Dems and Greens all back the GRR bill will do the government in UK no harm in stoking a culture war dispute. It also gives the Scottish Government an opportunity to repeat the democracy denier lines. The GRR Bill has been one of the most debated pieces of legislation in the Scottish Parliament. It has been the subject of huge public debate and has been years in the making. The argument now that it impacts matters reserved to the UK under the devolution settlement and will not be consistent with the UK Equality Act is seemingly a new entrant to the debate. What it does is it allows politicians on both sides of this constitutional conundrum to do what they often do best. While the country is gripped by a cost of living crisis, where the most basic essentials have rocketed in price. While workers in a number of occupations are taking strike action for better pay, while the NHS is by its own admission at breaking point, while all this and more is going on, we will have governments arguing at great expense inside court and politicians indulging in a vicious verbal contest outside, says uh, Stuart Patterson, Political Correspondent
3: From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 20th of January 2023, from the news section Appeal to solve death of Glasgow man, knife to death in Dublin, report by Amanda Keenan a fresh bid is being made to correct the unsolved murder of a Glasgow man on the anniversary of his death. Charles Self's body was discovered slumped in his kitchen after a horrific knife attack at his home in Monkstown in Dublin on January the 21st, 1982. He had been in Dublin City Centre on a night out with friends at the now-closed Bartley Dunn's Bar and also the Hot Pot Cafe in Borough Quay and was last seen talking to two men on the quay before sharing a taxi home with a man believed to have been in his 20s. The popular set designer, who had moved to Ireland in the 1970s to work on the late show, was stabbed 14 times, and there were three slash wounds to his throat. Part of the cord from a red dressing gown was also wound tightly around his neck. More than 40 years later, the person responsible for his death remains a mystery. Now podcast Inside the Crime, hosted by Newstalk's court correspondent Frank Guirini, is re-examining the gruesome crime and is asking anyone with any fresh information to come forward. Frank said, What had happened to Charles was truly horrific. The fact that it remains an unsolved murder makes it even more tragic. Charles' story was crying out to be told and it was an honour to tell it, but it would be amazing if we could help solve this case and bring Charles' killer to justice. The person responsible has never been identified and many questions remain. Charles is said to have been well-liked and spoke with a distinctive Scottish accent and he became a familiar face around Dublin bars. Through interviews with friends and colleagues of Charles, as well as an Angarda Síochána cold case team, Frank has delved into the sequence of events on the night of his death and the wide-reaching consequences within the gay community in Dublin. The journalist believes that the murder can still be solved and on the 41st anniversary of the Glasgow man's death is appealing for anyone who knew him to come forward and assist with the investigation. If you have information to share, please contact Inside the Crime at newstalk.com or the Garda confidential line on 1-800-666-111. That's one 800 666 111 inside the crime is available now at newstalk.com slash podcasts and that report was by Amanda Keenan from the Glasgow Times Friday the 20th of January 2023 from the news section dear Michael you feel Glasgow you're sincerely Susan by political correspondent Stuart Patterson Michael Gove, the UK levelling up secretary, has been told he has failed Glasgow after the city was rejected for any of the latest round of government funding. Glasgow submitted 7 bids for cash from the UK government's flagship funding pot, aimed at prioritising areas with high levels of deprivation. But when the successful bids were announced, Glasgow was left with nothing. It has prompted Susan Aitken, leader of the city council, to write to Gove to its Express my extreme disappointment. The city put in funding bids for projects including a cap over the M8, the People's Palace and Winter Gardens, and regeneration projects in Drumchapel, Tr- Easter House, Mary Hill, and Possil Park, home to some of the most deprived communities in the country. The city was successful in the previous round getting cash for redevelopment to Pollock Park Stables. It can told Gove that any measure. Glasgow should have received a far bigger share of the funding pot. In a letter to go, the council leader said, The announcement this morning takes the value of levelling up projects in Scotland to £348 million. Glasgow City, the largest local authority in Scotland with both the greatest need and opportunity, has been awarded 3.7% of this funding. Had the fund been allocated on a population basis, we would have received three times as much. Had it been funded on the size of our economy, we would have received five times as much. Had it been funded on proportion of people living in Scotland's most deprived communities, we would have received 15 times as much. Nowhere offers a greater opportunity to level up than Glasgow. On every one of these metrics, you have failed the city. She added, Glasgow cannot be allowed to suffer in this way, and I would once again request an urgent meeting with you to discuss how this can be addressed. The government has been criticised for giving levelling up funding to affluent areas in the southeast of England, mainly represented by Conservative MPs, with 52 Tory constituencies in England getting cash, twice as many as Labour ones. Gove defended the criteria and allocations. He said, I think more of the money is going to Labour-led local authorities than Conservative-led local authorities, and that's because the money's been allocated to according to a set of objective criteria and on the basis of deliverability. And that report was by Stuart Patterson. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 20th of January 2023, from the news section, Man arrested after alleged break-in at Glasgow building site. Report by Marissa McWhirter. A man has been arrested after he was accused of breaking into a building site in Govan. Police officers were called to reports of a break-in at the site on Langlands Road Around 12.10am on Friday, January 20th A 31-year-old man was arrested and charged with the alleged incident. He is due to appear in court. A Police Scotland spokesperson said Around 12.10am on Friday, January 20th, 2023 we were called to a report of a break-in at a building site on Langland Road, Glasgow. Officers attended and a 31-year-old man was arrested and charged in connection with the incident. He is due to appear at Glasgow Sheriff Court on Friday, January the twentieth, twenty twenty-three. And that report was by Marissa McWhorter from the Glasgow Times, Friday the twentieth of January, twenty twenty-three, from the news section. Man rushed to hospital after being hit by bus in Glasgow. Report by Sarah Campbell. A man has been rushed to hospital this afternoon after being hit with a bus in Glasgow. Shortly after 3pm, emergency services were called to Union Street in the city centre following an incident involving a pedestrian and a bus. Ambulance crews attended to the man and he was later taken to the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. There has been no further information provided regarding his condition at this time. A police Scotland spokesperson said Around 3.10pm on Friday, January 20th, 2023, police were made aware of a road crash involving a bus and a male pedestrian. Emergency services attended and the male has been taken to Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. Inquiries are ongoing. A spokesperson for First Glasgow later confirmed the incident and shared their thoughts with everyone involved. They said, We can confirm an incident took place on the afternoon of Friday, January 20th on Union Street when a number 61 bus collided with a pedestrian in the road. Emergency services were called and the pedestrian was taken to hospital. Our investigation into the incident is underway and we will continue to work closely with the police in relation to this incident. Our thoughts are with everyone involved at this time. And that was a report by Sarah Campbell. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 20th of January 2023, from the news section, Tributes as Beloved Glasgow Jesuit Brother Dies, report by Esther Tarnay. People have paid tributes after a Beloved Glasgow Jesuit Brother died. Brother Edward Coyle, S.J., known affectionately as Ted, died this Friday morning. The St. Aloysius Jesuit Church shared the sad news on social media, as many took to the comments to fondly remember him. The post read, Of your kind charity, please pray for the happy repose of the soul of Brother Edward Coyle, S.J. Ted, who died this morning. May he rest in peace. St. Aloysius, pray pray for him. St. Ignatius, pray for him. One person said, so often he sat in those front seats and often chatted with the choir at St. Alicia's about his favourite sacred pieces. Sad news, may he rest in peace. Another wrote, rest in peace, Brother Ted. Condolences to the Jesuit community and his family. A lovely man. A third comment read, God rest his soul. May he rest in eternal peace. Amen. And that report was by Esther Tarnai. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 20th of January 2023, from the news section, Union bosses announced new strike dates for teachers over pay disputes. Report by Kirsty Fierick. Union bosses have announced new strike dates as teachers' pay disputes continue. Staff will be taking two further days of industrial action in a bid to encourage the Scottish government to increase their wages. Members of the NESUWT will walk out on Tuesday, February the 28th, as well as Wednesday, March the 1st. They blame these further dates as a result of the continuing failure of ministers and COSLA to come forward with an improved payover. Union bosses are calling for a fully funded 12% pay award for 2022-23. They claim the current payover of 5% for most teachers amounts to a real-terms pay cut, following more than a decade of pay freezes and below, information, below inflation pay awards. Staff feel they have been left £50,000 worse off as a result of their pay not rising to match inflation. Alongside the strike action, NASUWT members will continue to undertake action short of strike action. Members are refusing to cover for absent colleagues and are attending no more than one meeting per week outside pupil sessions. Members will continue to teach plan lessons and assess people's work. Dr Patrick Roach, NESUWT General Secretary, said There can be no doubt that that, that it is the resolve of members to solidly support our action which has brought ministers and employers back to the table over recent weeks to discuss pay. We have continued and will continue to talk with ministers and employers in a bid to resolve this dispute, but the reality is that for all of the discussions over recent weeks an improved offer has yet to be made. If ministers hope that teachers will give up the fight for a better deal on their pay, they should think again. Teachers know they are worth more than yet another real-terms pay cut, and it's beyond time that ministers and COSLA recognise that too. Mike Corbett, NESUWT national official for Scotland, said, We have been clear to Scottish Government, and COSLA, that with CPI inflation still at 10.5%, more than double the 5% pay war which most of Scotland's teachers were offered, A substantially improved pay-offer, which is fully funded by the Scottish Government, must be tabled without delay. There is a window of opportunity to avert further strike action, but the ball is very much in the court of ministers and employers. The Glasgow Times did reach out to the Scottish Government for comment. And that report was by Kirsty Feerick.
4: Glasgow Times, News, on Monday the 23rd of January. Cumbernauld Town Centre Plans Take Next Step with £9 million grant. An article written by Neil McGrory. North Lanarkshire Council's plans to redevelop Cumbernauld Town Centre took a step closer to reality as the project has received a government grant of more than £9 million. The local authority's application to the UK Leveling Up Fund was successful, resulting in an award of £9.2 million. This follows Historic Scotland's decision last year not to preserve the landmark town centre megastructure as a listed building. The town centre has been no stranger to controversy, with some considering it an important feature of the new town's programme of the 1950s and 1960s, but countless others detest the building, which has been named the worst in Britain. Many have complained about the rundown condition of the massive building, which is prone to leaks and has had sections sealed off or demolished over the years. The Council previously announced its intention to purchase Cumbernauld Town Centre and demolish it, having already agreed a deal in principle to do so. A new multi-purpose community hub would then be constructed to take its place. A statement on its website explains, While the building represented the future in the 1960s, it's clear that it is not fit with residents' vision of what they need from a modern town centre. The structure has been through significant changes over the years since it was originally built in 1963 to 1967. The council is committed to ensuring that Cumbernauld and all the towns in North Lanarkshire are vibrant living towns and our overall investment in town centres, hundreds of millions of pounds, is about ensuring a sustainable future. An article written by Neil McGrory. Glasgow Times News on Monday the 23rd of January. Glasgow subway service disrupted on one in every five days in 2022. An exclusive article written by Craig Williams. The Glasgow subway system suffered disruption on one in every five days in 2022, our sister title The Herald can reveal, leading to claims that it's inadequate and antiquated. The underground light metro system, the third oldest in the world, suffered a total of 75 days of disruption last year, which equates to around 20% of the days it operated. The disruption ranged from full or partial closures of the inner and outer circles to closures of one of a number of the network's 15 stations. Factors involved in the disruption to Glasgow subway services last year included broken down trains, signal faults, power failures, local power outages, weather conditions, ice freezing the depot yard, police incidents, operational issues, water ingress, alarm activations and staff diversions to assist football traffic. Operational issues caused the most disruption to services on the underground network in 2022, resulting in services being unable to operate as normal on a total of 43 days last year due to closures to one or multiple stations. Broken-down trains caused the second-highest amount of disruption to the network by forcing the suspension of either one or both the inner and outer circles on a total of 13 days last year. The entire subway network was also closed completely on two days in 2022 due to continued subway modernisation works. The revelations come less than two weeks after a major signalling fault caused Glasgow subway services to be suspended three times in one day. Subway users took to social media to air their anger and frustration at the disruption, with one person labelling it an absolute shambles. Responding to the Herald's investigation, Glasgow MSP Paul Sweeney said it highlights just how inadequate Glasgow Subway is and how much people who use the network are being let down. He said, These findings from the Herald's investigation shine a light on just how inadequate Glasgow Subway is, how desperately we need to upgrade and modernise its infrastructure and the extent to which the travelling public in Glasgow are being let down. Anyone who uses the subway knows that these problems exist and that the so-called modernisation programme has been moving at a glacial pace for well over a decade. So the fact well-paid officials at Strathclyde Partnership for Transport preside over these failures happening time and time again is unacceptable and utterly intolerable. We're the biggest city in Scotland with the largest population, yet we have the most antiquated public transport infrastructure. That needs to change, and what better place to start than with an integrated ticketing system and full integration with the wider Glasgow Metro project to bring us into line with other cities of equivalent size across Europe. A spokesperson for Strathclyde Partnership for Transport, which runs Glasgow Subway, said... The subway carries around 40,000 people daily and is an integral part of the transport network in Glasgow. We're very aware of the impact on our passengers when services are disrupted for any length of time or for whatever reason. These can vary from train breakdowns, signalling and power failures and other operational issues, as well as passenger incidents requiring assistance from colleagues in the emergency services. We've also had a number of scheduled shutdowns on Sundays to allow intensive work on the modernisation of the system to continue. The current system has been operating for more than 40 years and is unfortunately approaching the end of its life. We satisfy 95% of our timetable service in part due to the work and dedication of our engineering and maintenance staff to keep the whole system running, and despite many challenges including sourcing parts and equipment. New subway trains will be in service later this year and installation of our new signalling system is also underway. We apologise to all our passengers for any disruptions they've experienced, which are often only for a short time. This falls short of the service all our staff would wish to provide. An exclusive article written by Craig Williams. Glasgow Times, on Monday the 23rd of January. Lifestyle Composer who starred in Still Game creates book of Burns tunes. An exclusive article written by Morgan Carmichael. A composer who starred in Still Game and opened up for Shirley Bassey has now brought out a Burns-inspired book. Alan A. Craig, who is a longtime composer and manager for music at Glasgow Clyde College, recently released 10 songs of Robert Burns. It comes ahead of Burns Night on Wednesday this week. The digital-only book was released in the latter half of 2022 and sees a reimagined version of Burns's traditional tunes. The 45-year-old from Renfrewshire said, I've been playing Burns for 20-plus years and I've always noticed that the pianist accompaniments are very old and simplistic. The problem with this is that the words are of such great value and the accompaniment is drab and uninspiring. It doesn't lend much to the art of soul so I started to improvise the accompaniment and make it more interesting when I was playing Burns live, and I felt it really brought Burns' words to life. So I thought I could make a book of these improvisations and share them with other pianists for them to use too. Though the book wasn't released until the end of last year, it was completed by January 2022. The book contains all Burns' most known hits, including A Red Red Rose, Old Lang Syne and A Font Kiss. Alan, who played piano in an episode of BBC's Still Game, began to create the project back at the start of the pandemic in 2020, and the process was one of simultaneous triumphs and challenges. Once an opening act for Shirley Bassey, Alan said, some of the accompaniments burst out with hardly any kind of challenge at all. They just kind of naturally connected themselves, like Scott's were Hay, for example. However, some small parts of the accompaniments could take hours and were incredibly challenging. The moods in Burns's poem shifts a lot too, so one verse could be triumphant and reflective and the next could be moody, so that was a challenge as well. Despite the challenges, however, it seems the project was worth it. Alan said, The response to the book has been overwhelmingly positive. The most satisfying thing for me is that the feedback of the book is exactly what I hope to get. Even the American Scottish Society has been really excited by the prospect of the book. Alan will be performing these original songs on STV on Wednesday and at a Haggis anniversary dinner. He's really looking forward to the performances in order to reach people who love and are immersed in Burns. Alan's love for Burns started from a young age and has only grown. He said, I took an early interest in Burns, but he can be quite daunting. Like everyone, the resonance of words just wasn't there for me. But as I got older, I discovered the beauty of his poetry and his ability to capture the poignancy and loss that every human goes through. Through playing Burns, I was introduced to people that are very passionate about Burns and learned to further understand how good and relevant he still is. We have a tendency to think that all things belong to another world, but Burns belongs to ours an exclusive article written by Morgan Carmichael Glasgow Times news on Monday the 23rd of January more children to get free school meals an article written by Sarah Hilly more P6 and P7 children are set to get free school meals in Glasgow as the scheme expands for certain families Parents whose children receive the recently extended £25 Scottish Child Payment Benefit will be entitled to free lunchtime food. The Council is set to receive Scottish Government funding of £2.2 million from April 1st for the year ahead to pay for the extra dinners for children on the benefit. The exact date of the rollout during the year has not been confirmed. It's predicted around 20,000 additional children in Scotland will benefit from getting the meals. A Scottish Government spokesperson said, Universal free school meals are available for all pupils in primaries 1 to 5 and in special schools, the best universal provision anywhere in the UK and saving parents around £400 per eligible child per year. Our additional investment announced in the 2023-2024 budget will continue to fund the expansion of free school meals for all Primary 6 and Primary 7 pupils in receipt of the Scottish Child Payment. This will be the next step in fulfilling our commitment to universal provision in primary schools. We'll work in partnership with local government to deliver our shared commitment. The Scottish Child Payment is a £25 weekly benefit for every child aged under 16 for low-income families. Parents or carers are eligible if they get certain benefits. An article written by Sarah Hilly, Glasgow Times News on Monday the 23rd of January. Scottish secondary teachers announce further days of strike action. An article written by Lauren Brownlee. Secondary teachers across Scotland will be taking part in further strike action. The Scottish Secondary Teachers Association, or SSTA, will be joining members of other unions during industrial action on Tuesday, February 28th, and Wednesday, March 1st, in a dispute over pay. We previously reported that the NAS UWT union announced the strike dates for its members, as well as the EIS union. Seamus Searson, SSTA General Secretary, said The SSTA has taken a measured approach to industrial action due to the impact it would have on the pupils preparing for exams. The deliberate inaction of the Scottish Government and Cosler just shows the lack of respect and level of contempt, not only for teachers but for the pupils they teach, forcing teachers to take more strike action. The Scottish Government and its accomplice, Cosler, are failing education, having deliberately refused to put any new money on the table since August last year. The Scottish Government and Cosler were adamant during the pandemic that schools needed to be kept open and education needed to be continued regardless of the risks and dangers that teachers were placed in. These are the same people who have allowed this pay dispute to continue, seeing schools closed and pupils' education disrupted. How many more times are teachers to hear the same old rhetoric, we value teachers and we're putting together a new offer, only for another week to pass without a penny being put on the table? The SSTA has no option but to step up its industrial action. An article written by Lauren Brownlee.
3: From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday 24th of January 2023, from the news section... Car and van torched by Thug in Paisley as copped hunt man seen nearby. Report by Lauren Brownlee. A car and a van were torched by a Thug during a late night attack in Paisley. Cops were called after a van had been set on fire on Foxborough Road at 10.20pm last night. Another call was made to police regarding a golfman satellite on Talisman Road around 40 minutes later. The owner of the vehicle revealed the car is totally destroyed. An investigation was launched by detectives following the fires. Inquiries have so far revealed that a man was seen acting suspiciously near a number of other cars on Talisman Road. Detective Constable Rebecca Daly of CID in Paisley said, On Monday, January the 23rd, 2023, we received a report of a vehicle on fire at around 10.30pm in Foxbar Road in Paisley. And then around eleven PM another report of a vehicle fire in Talisman Road. Our inquiries have revealed that a man was seen to act suspiciously near a number of cars in Talisman Road. I would appeal to anyone who knows who the, who was in the area and witnessed anything to come forward and contact Police Scotland at on 101, quoting incident three eight nine eight of january twenty third, twenty twenty three. The Scottish Fire and Rescue Service has been contacted for comment. And that report was by Lauren Brownley. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 24th of January, 2023, from the news section, Memorial Service Held for Those Who Have Lost Their Lives to Suicide. Report by Lauren Brownley. A memorial service to remember those who have lost their lives to suicide was held in Paisley. Local support group, Survivors of Bereavement by Suicide, Sobs hosted the annual service in partnership with Renfisher's Choose Life Service at the memorial tree outside Renfrewshire House on Thursday. Attendees were able to place a purple heart on the tree with a message to a loved one that has been lost. The service was led by Renfisher's Provost Lorraine Cameron who laid a commemorative wreath. Provost Cameron who helped establish the memorial tree in 2010 said this service provides a chance for those who have lost a loved one to grieve remember and celebrate the person they've lost. This year we, we offered the opportunity to sit and have a cup of tea and a chat both before and after the service. Suicide can still be a taboo subject so sometimes talking and meeting with other people who really understand you can be the path to embracing life again. If you've been affected by suicide in any manner, please get in touch with the Choose Life team. They'll be available for a chat and can provide you with the support you, or a friend or family member, needs to move forward. The memorial tree was first dedicated in 2010 as a permanent memorial to those who have died through suicide and is believed to have been the first of its kind in Scotland. If you were unable to attend the service but would still like to have a heart place in the tree in memory of a loved one, please contact chooselife.sw at If you are feeling suicidal or you know someone that might be then please call one of the helpline numbers Samaritans 116123 Breathing Space 800 RAMH First Crisis 0141-849-9090 or 0500-829-093 that report was by Lauren Brownlee. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 24th of January, 2023, from the news section, second person arrested for shouting abuse at police. Report by Rebecca Newlands. A second person has been arrested after allegedly shouting abuse at cops. A 20-year-old man reportedly used abusive and offensive language towards officers in the Kirkintilloch area on Saturday afternoon. He was arrested and charged following the incident on Kilsyth Road and has been reported to the Procurator Fiscal. A Police Scotland spokesperson said, We can confirm that a twenty year old man has been charged in connection with abusing abusive and offensive language towards officers in the Kilsyth Road area of Kirkintilloch around twelve twenty PM on Saturday, january twenty first, twenty twenty three, He has been reported to the Procurator fiscal. It comes after we reported that a teenager was accused of hurling abusive and offensive language towards police officers on Beach Road, Bishop Briggs, on Friday night. Eastern Berkshire Police issued a statement on social media following the incident. Police officers are part of the community and this will not be accepted as part of the job. And that report was by Rebecca Newlands. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 24th of January 2023 from the lifestyle section ex ranger star Alan McCoist in Talksport Nan Bread Confession Report by Amanda Keenan Former Ranger star Alan McCoyst has revealed to The Nation the restaurant near Glasgow that does the best garlic nan in the world. The presenter was chatting with co-host Laura Woods on the Talksport Breakfast Show about some of his favourite places for a feed when he gave a big shout out to the Bishopton Tandoori for their top grub. McCoy said, I've got to say the Bishopton Tandoori does quite simply the best garlic naan in the world. It is absolutely amazing. The Greenock Road eatery specializes in South Indian dishes and is a short drive from McCoy's home in Kilmakum. The pair also praised Mr. Signs India in Glasgow's Eldersley Street which Ali took Woods to for a meal during a recent visit to Glasgow, she said, I was full after the starters, but this delicious food just kept keeping it, coming out. I could barely move by the end, it was so nice. It is owned by Sati Singh, a long time friend of McCoist and a lifelong Rangers fan. Glasgow Curry King Sati ended up naming his son after an ex Rangers defender called Oleg Kuznetsov. The Ukrainian international was an unlikely goalscorer. As Waltersmith's Light Blues beat Celtic 4-2 at Parkhead on New Year's Day 1999 and netted after the restaurateur had promised to name his new rival after the next person to score for the Ibrox Club. And that report was by Amanda Keenan. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 24th of January 2023, from the Lifestyle section, Exclusive, Glasgow Playwrights Bring Hit Show Back to the Webster Theatre by Sarah Campbell, In April last year, a split second of silence hung in the air as the spotlight faded in the final scene of This Is Where We Get Off, before thunderous applause all but threatened to take the roof off Webster's theatre. The debut performance of this smash hit comedy was the culmination of months of grueling effort from local playwrights Ingram Noble, 24, and Heather Spiden, 25, who previously shared the journey of their front page to stage with the Glasgow Times. Looking back on the evening which earned them five-star reviews and critical acclaim, Heather said, Seeing everything come together in the night felt so good. Months of blood, sweat and tears, and more tears, seemed like it had all paid off. I didn't sleep for six days before it, Ingram admits, that entire week felt like a blur. There is, as they say, no rest for the wicked, and almost a year on from their sellout success. The talented duo is heading back for round two at the Websters in Glasgow's West End on Saturday, February 11th. With sharper jokes, shiny new cast members and a replenished stack of prophylactic balloons for just one of them plays many belly laugh inducing moments, the team is feeling stronger than ever. Heather said, Last time around felt like a case of survival, trying to make it work and hanging on in any way that we could. Ingram agreed. We were a group of misfits and amateur independent actors who had started the show from scratch. Theatre is an expensive hobby and we had other things to do, but both knew that we would bring the show back. We hunkered down, became sponges for feedback and went back into that covert style of writing where we sent scripts to one another. I think we're close to version 753 now on my computer. Anyone fortunate enough to have been amongst the audience of last year's show won't soon have forgotten the dysfunctional and irresistible eccentric Moffat family, who we followed as he tackled love triangles, baby bumps, and the arrival of a strange family member with hilarious, and sometimes harrowing, results. Now, joining the cast as suspected two-timing father, Philip, and adding a touch of star power proceedings, is John Stewart, who sat in to play Dirty Water, set in the housing schemes of Glasgow, later on STV in March, after being adapted for a sitcom format. Heather said, John is our little diamond in the rough, and someone we can really look up to. It feels like he can make it, if he can make it work, then we can do it too, and he's also talented. We've seen this play so many times, but having new actors totally change the dynamic, it brings a bit of freshness to it. We're still sitting in rehearsals laughing out loud. As they once again enter the final weeks before taking to the stage, there's a spark of determination and hard end confidence in Heather and Ingram's words as they strive to build the momentum they've created. Ingram said, Theatre is something that a lot of people can be intimidated by because it still has that reputation of being a bit hoity-toity. That's not what this show is. We focus a lot on the comedy aspect, but I bet money in the fact that almost every audience member can connect with us as the most... Can connect with the more serious themes like dealing with dementia. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but also we want people to walk away thinking that's something we would like to do more often because after Covid, local theatre companies need a, need a local audience and bums on seats. It really is a show for everyone. Well, Heather interjects quickly, perhaps having remembered one of the show's racer scenes everyone over 16. For more information on This Is Where We Get Off or to buy tickets now. Go to websearchglasgow.com slash what's hyphen on slash an event. And that article is an exclusive by Sarah Campbell. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 24th of January 2023, from the lifestyle section, m Recall and Do Not Eat Warning Over Possible Health Risk, by Andrew Smart. Marks & Spencers issues a recall and do not eat warning after popular own brand product was found to pose an allergy risk to some customers. The warning, which was issued on Monday, January the 23rd, affected some parts of the grocery chains M&S Belgian dark chocolate. The chocolate bars were said to have contained milk, despite this not being labelled in the packaging. This means the product is a possible health risk to those with an allergy or intolerance to milk and milk constituents. The compromised products include those with the barcode two nine zero eight seven five seven zero, a pack size of 180g and a best before date of November the 9th, 2023. According to the Food Standards Agency, FSA, MLS is recalling the above product, saying The company has also issued a recall notice to its customers which explains to customers why the product has been recalled and tells them what to do if they have bought the product. The FSA added if you have brought the above product and have, an, and have an allergy or intolerance to milk or milk constituents do not eat it. Instead, return it to your nearest store for a full refund. For more information contact Marks & Spencer's on 03330 148 555 at 148 555. What is a product recall? If there is a problem with a food product, that means it should not be sold, then it might be withdrawn, taken off the shelves, or recalled when customers are asked to return the product. The FSA issues product withdrawal information notices and product recall information notices to let consumers and local authorities know about problems associated with food. In some cases a food alert for action is issued. This provides local authorities with details of specific actions to be taken on behalf of customers. And that report was by Andrew Smart.
0: From the Glasgow Times of Tuesday the 24th of January, 2023, from the Opinion section, Thomas Kerr, L-E-Z, must be delayed for the sake of our taxi trade. On Thursday, I visited the Scottish Parliament to lobby MSPs for help alongside Glasgow's hard-pressed and struggling taxi drivers, I've spoken many times in the Glasgow Times about the threat our trade faces with the SNP's looming and rushed low emission zone in Glasgow. A policy which has now given up on using any scientific basis and instead replaced it with political opportunism and headline-grabbing. Come June, the stark reality facing our city is very clear Push ahead with this policy and we'll lose up to 1,000 taxi and private hire drivers in Glasgow. This cannot be allowed to happen, it is our most vulnerable citizens who will pay the price and our city centre that will suffer. On Friday, alongside other Licensing Board colleagues, I attended our annual Licensing Board night-time visits. Where we go unannounced to some of our city's nighttime venues to see how things are going. This year's visits were extremely worrying. We saw firsthand the impact the pandemic has had on the hospitality trade, with many venues still struggling to attract business back. The one issue raised time and again with us that was a cause for this reason you guessed it people are struggling to get transport home. Ask yourself this question. Would you like it if your son or daughter was stuck waiting in the cold at 3am struggling to get home? That's what is happening right now in our city and it will only get worse when the low emission zone comes into place. The Glasgow SNP leadership is arrogantly pushing ahead despite knowing the consequences. But I have a glimmer of hope that we may be able to secure a delay. I hope that common sense councillors from across the chamber can unite to say enough is enough. And if they don't, I urge representatives in the Scottish Parliament to step in. Edinburgh, Aberdeen and even Manchester have already announced delays due to the pandemic. So why must Glasgow rush this? Why can't we listen to the voices of our cabbies and give them a break? They aren't against this policy and we all agree we must get to net zero. However, that must be done in a sustainable and safe way. The Glasgow Conservatives have been consistent on this issue. I was the first councillor to highlight this issue and to campaign on it. Our taxi trade knows that in me, they have a friend and ally in the city chambers. The SNP, Labour and Greens have all backed the LEZ, but I hope common sense will urgently prevail for the sake of our city's hard-working drivers. This article was by Thomas Kerr.
3: From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 25th of January 2023. From the Lifestyle Section, BBC Emily Attack, Asking For It, How To Watch New Documentary, Article by Andrew Smart The actor, presenter and comedian Emily Attack will explore what motivates men to sexually harass her and others online in a new BBC2 documentary. The in-betweeners actor will also attempt to uncover why much of the blame for unwanted sexual attention is placed on the victim. Emily told the BBC that her reason for filming the documentary and talking to those affected was that she receives a barrage of explicit content on a daily basis. She told the broadcaster, It's the ultimate disrespect. It's the ultimate thing of going, I think you're easy access and you're up for it. Of the abuse she received, she said, I felt like it was just slowly chipping away at me. Adding that she receives much of this torrent after appearing as Charlotte Hinchcliffe Hing- on the popular Channel 4 show, The Inbetweeners. Who is Emily Attack? Emily Attack is an English actor, comedian, and presenter who is well known for her roles in *The Inbetweeners* and Keith Lemon shows like *Celebrity Juice*. She has also has her own show called *The Emily Attack Show*, in which she does stand-up comedy, skits, and sketches. What happens in *Emily Attack*? Asking for it on BBC Two. Emily will explore why men who send explicit material to women do what they do, as well as the impact of it on her victims. However, she was unable to get any of these men to come forward to explain themselves, saying I checked my emails, zero, received nothing back. She added These men spend their lives bombarding me with abuse and saying the most horrific things and then the second I respond say Well, I want to hear from you, let's talk. Nothing. What I did was have loads of women reaching out saying what they've had to deal with. When does Emily attack? Asking for it on BBC Two. Air Emily Attacks documentary will air on BBC Two and BBC iPlayer on Tuesday, January the thirty first, twenty twenty three. It will air from nine pm and comes in between the Great British Menu at eight pm and Detectorists at ten pm. And that article is by Andrew Smart from the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the twenty fifth of January, twenty twenty three. From the lifestyle section Exclusive Haggis to hit America for the first time in 50 years by Craig Meehan America's decades long ban on haggis could come to an end next year after Scotland's biggest producer announced plans for the product to hit U.S. shelves by this time next year. McSwing of Edinburgh is gearing up to become the first company to serve Americans a Scottish delicacy since it was banned in 1971 Because it contains sheep's lungs. While US officials have told our sister paper The National there are no plans to change that, the Scottish firm is preparing to sell a brand new recipe fit for the American palate. James McSween, the third generation family owner of the business, has already been exporting to countries such as Canada and Singapore for years. But with US President Joe Biden putting an end to the 20 year ban on British beef and lamb introduced due to BSE, the Scott has his eyes firmly set across the pond, and he's creating a new recipe to get it there. He told the National, Back in 2015, when I was out with the Scottish Government, the guys at Animal Plant Health Inspection, who we met in Washington, said, If you want haggis with long meat in this meeting, is over. But if you're prepared to reformulate your recipe with, non- with not have long meat in it, then we are all ears and are prepared to import a new recipe. But at that point, I knew we had to do that for Canada, so what's the difference? We have been supplying haggis to Canada since 2017 and we have always used for a reformulated recipe where we use lamb hearts instead of lamb lungs. That's how we got around Canadian regulations. Americans don't consider lungs suitable for human consumption, but we are not opposed to changing the recipe and we have good experience doing it. McSween said that while the firm is now in a strong position to take on the American market, the financial climate of the past few years have put a break in his plans. The challenges that my business has experienced have been the same as everyone else's, he said. As much as America is a big market, it's been a matter of making sure we keep the home fires burning keeping our staff safe through Covid and Brexit and servicing our existing export business before we start looking at green pastures. There's a lot of cost involved in reformulating and making your product fit for an, e- for re- an export market because the specification we make for the UK will be different for the US and that ties up a lot of time and money in making sure we have a product that complies with American regulations. McSween said he is confident America's- Americans will enjoy the recipe, even if it leaves out a key ingredient Scots are used to. He said that, unlike the product such as Stornoway Black Pudding, there are no hard and fast rules around what ingredients must go into haggis. And, while sheep lungs are traditional and common in Scotland, every haggis maker has their own recipe. Meanwhile, the growing sales of vegetarian haggis skip the sheep lung issue altogether. McSween said he has high hopes for America after seeing strong sales in Canada, with the country boasting almost as many people of Scottish descent as there are in Scotland. America Meanwhile, it's estimated to have as many as 30 million people with Scottish heritage, 10% of the population, and a huge market for the haggis industry. McSween continued, Whatever we end up selling in the US will be well received, I think. There are more Scots in America than in Scotland and are crying out for a genuine export haggis from Scotland. If we pull this off, we will be the first exported haggis to America since the ban was put in place in 1971. And that's what we did in Canada, and we did the same in Singapore. We got the haggis into markets that have been closed for decades. So we want it across the line for Burns Night twenty twenty four. It can be done. Rural Affairs Secretary Marie Gaujen told the national there is a huge interest in and love of Scottish food and drink produced in North America. A number of Scottish companies are already producing an alternative haggis recipe that has been exported and enjoyed in Canada and I hope a similar solution could see Haggis returning to the US in the near future. The Scottish Government will continue to work with the relevant authorities to support progress. And that report was by Craig Meehan. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 25th of January 2023, from the Lifestyle Section. Panic at the Disco announced breakup ahead of Glasgow Hydro Gig by Rebecca Newlands. A popular band has announced they are splitting up ahead of their Glasgow gig. Panic at the Disco will be no more after their string of UK and European dates, including a stop at the Hydro, later this year. The group's frontman Brendan Urie shared the news on Instagram and explained that the decision was made so he could focus on his family as he and his wife are expecting a baby. The statement read, Well, it's been a hell of a journey. Growing up in Vegas, I could not i could have never imagined where this life would take me, so many places all over the world and all the friends we've made along the way. But sometimes a journey must end for a new one to begin. We've been trying to keep it to ourselves, though some of you may have heard, Sarah and I are expecting a baby very soon. The prospect of being a father and getting to watch my wife become a mother is both humbling and exciting. I look forward to this next adventure. That said, I'm going to bring this chapter of my life to an end and put my focus and energy on my family, and with that, panic at the disco will be no more. Thank you for all your immense support over the years. I've sat here trying to come up with the perfect way to say this, and I truly can't put into words how much this has meant to us. When you've been here since the beginning, or are just finding us, it has been a pleasure not only to share the stage with so many talented people, but also to share our time with you. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone in Europe and the UK for one last run together. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for existing. Brendan The group, known for their songs I Write Sins Not Tragedies, High Hopes, and others, is still scheduled to perform at the city venue on March the 3rd. And that report was by Rebecca Newlands. From the Classical Times, Wednesday, the 25th of January, 2023, from the Lifestyle section. Several Celtic stars spotted enjoying a night out at Lewis Capaldi gig. Report by Lauren Brownlee Several Celtic stars were spotted enjoying a night out at Lewis Capaldi's gig last night. James Forrest, Joe Hart, Scott Bain, Greg Taylor, David Turnbull, and James McCarthy were seated together as they watched the singer show at the Oval Hydro. The Hoops, the Hoops players were taking pictures with fans. Lewis, who is known to be a Celtic fan, sang several of his popular hits, including Home Me While You Wait, Grace, Bruce's, and new songs Forget Me and Pointless. We reported yesterday that Celtic star Rio Hitate was spotted meeting up with Arsenal player Takihiro Tomoyasu as he posed for a photo in a restaurant. It is believed that the Celtic squad have be given some time off with no midweek fixture coming up. And that piece was by Lauren Brownley from the Glasgow Times, Wednesday, the twenty fifth of January, twenty twenty three, from the Lifestyle section. White lotus star spotted with Tunnock's tea cakes on Scotland trip. By Rebecca Newlands. A White Lotus star has been inundated with suggestions from locals after touching down in Scotland. Alexandra D'Addario, who played Rachel Patton in the first series of the HBO dark comedy, shared some images of her recent trip. The American actress posted a photo of Tunnock's tea cakes which she had bought and many fans were quick to comment on her choice of local snack. One said, Who doesn't love Tunnock's tea cakes? Another added, You just know when someone is in the UK when they have tea cakes. Meanwhile, others offered recommendations and other things for the New York native to try. One said, A Tunnock's tea cake? Oof, nick you'll have to get some iron brew. Another added, Oh, you're in my homeland. Try Jammy Dodgers too. Love the tunnocks. A third said, Try Buckfast, it's a Scottish tradition. And that article is by Rebecca Newlands.
0: And that was this week's Glasgow Times News Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.